Hello Blazers, welcome to episode 17 of UAB Green and Told, original air date Monday, April 13th, 2020. Through this podcast, we are able to share stories from members of the UAB family. I'm Greg Barry, Assistant Director in the UAB Office of Alumni Affairs. Today, Dr. Chin Wong joins us, professor in the Department of Cell, Developmental, and Integrative Biology. Like many children who grew up in China more than three decades ago, Chin had a good idea of what her career path was going to be. When I was little, you know, during the time um, I grew up, it's a huge wave about um, science. So um, our dream was like to become a scientist. That dream became reality, first getting her PhD at Iowa, then completing her postdoc at Vanderbilt. But it was here at UAB where her long, hard work really paid off. We started, you know, about like a little over 10 years ago, we started this project. Now, Chen and her team's research can boast a big breakthrough when it comes to Alzheimer's disease. Based on our current um, results, or you know, what we have already uh, learned, um, we're pretty confident you know, this um, is an important mechanism for Alzheimer's. From the neurofibrillary tangle research by Dr. Skip Bender to studies of functional decline in financial capacity by Dr. Dan Marson, UAB has enjoyed a long and distinguished history in Alzheimer's research. And now, we're back at it. Earlier this year, Dr. Shin Wang and her team revealed a key missing piece of the Alzheimer's disease puzzle. But before we get to the breakthrough, we have to understand the journey it took for Dr. Wan to get to where she is. And that starts as a little child in China. Interested in science. <laughs> um, and um, I would say just uh, a normal kid. <laughs> um, and good at, um, of course, uh, like math and science, you know, STEM, uh, typical mm -hmm. STEM kid, I guess I would say. Um, and I don't feel like I'm any special. <laughs> At what point did you kind of set it as a goal, or at what point did you want to come to the U.S. and um, study? Actually, um, I graduated from college that was early 90s. Okay. Um, at that time, um, I have to say, I have to say um, graduate study and, you know, graduate schools, right, graduate training, um, United States is so much advanced than China. Um, of course, now they catch up a lot, but um, at you know back twenty five, almost thirty years ago, um, definitely um, this is a place to if you want to become a real scientist, um, you, you know you want to go to U.S. to get the training. Yeah. Right. So that's actually a goal of a lot of you know um, um, a lot of us. You know, we we share this kind of. Um, you know, my husband and I, um, we were. Um, actually classmates in college and uh, I have many friends like you know like us you know we want to be scientists and we know this is a place we get the you know a authentic training <laughs> when did you get start start getting interested in the brain um, I have to say um, you know when I was little you know during the time um, I grew up it's a huge wave about um, science so um, our dream was like to become a scientist. So that's like the 
the biggest thing for a lot of people, like my friends. You know, a lot of us share this kind of dream. So、um, that makes me always, you know,、um, want to get to the science field. And、um, when I really got interested in brain was about、um, really 15 years ago. Okay.、Um, when I started my own lab at UAB. So that's something about UAB is a great environment. <laughs> There's a lot of neurobiology biologists here,、um, so many researchers、um, working on brain actually,、um, and、um, they are they are very helpful, very supportive, and collaborative.、Um, that's how I、uh, actually、um, decided, you know, to focus、um, more on the neuroscience side. Uh, you know of our research. So, what was it about the brain that that really got you interested in that that aspect of research? So we are we have a general interest in、um, our receptor function, say in、um, a lot of different、uh, neuropsychiatric diseases, and we in the lab we're still working on aspects like related to major depression, for example.、Um, so the. Get to the Alzheimer's field is really、uh, driven driven by our research, so it's、um, by, our, by the data. So,、um, so the initially because、um, this receptor we are working on is really related to cognition.、Um, so you know, you know, in Alzheimer's, the cognitive function got declined, right? Got impaired. So、um, then the the Initially, you know, we have some very simple idea. Okay, so let's see whether this receptor is involved in the process, right? So then we we find actually, with if we knock out this receptor, there's in their brain they don't have this particular receptor, and we find a lot of improvement related to Alzheimer's disease phenotype. So then we got excited. So yeah. <laughs> so why not? Like, let's figure out, you know, why is that, right? So what really the receptor. Um, functions, you know, in this whole disease process. So then we got dragged drag deeper and deeper. So what is kind of the the clinical definition of Alzheimer's? I have to say the major、um, uh, symptom is、um, cognitive decline.、Um, so this Alzheimer's disease is the major、uh, cause for、uh, dementia. So.、Um, But、um, in clinic, it's not all the dementias are、um, Alzheimer's. You have to have、um, the very um, defined um, pathological changes,、okay. such as amyloid in the brain. So only after you、um, you know、um, satisfy all those different criteria, you they can you know the person can be diagnosed as Alzheimer's disease. Not only the Uh, cognitive decline. When it comes to Alzheimer's, what are some of the symptoms that people might see as it starts to come on? So, although we say um, is um, you know cognitive decline is、um, is very、um, a, you know kind of signature, right? So they have dementia.、Um, but interestingly, at the very early stage, a lot of being observed is actually、um, more or less like.、Um, um, Psychiatric side of change,、okay. so like the personality change, for example, and like agitation,、um, and also、um, like sleep disorders.、Um, you know, so they have a lot of it's a it's it's really a, a variety of、um, presentations、um, in, in clinic. Okay,、um, a lot of those actually 
um, are related to um, changes in um, brain neurogenergic system, which is our interest. Um, so this, um, so in the brain, there is this um, system. Um, although the neurons is only um, not many by number, um, but they send out um, in, in brainstem the, okay. the the neurons actually localized. Um, but they send out a, a wide um, projections to the whole brain to regulate um, the response to extracellular uh, actual um, terminal ex terminal um, ex external <laughs> stimuli <laughs> and. Uh, also, uh, you know how you, you know, like fight, flight, fight or flight, those kind of response, and um, they, reg um, they regulate cognition um, and sleep. You know, so, um, in cardi even cardiovascular functions, this is really a whole body, um, you know, state. You know, the, the whole thing. Um, so, at very early time, those neurons um, they are super sensitive to um, the amyloid to toxicity, so they got attacked and um, start to degenerate first. And that caused a lot of trouble, like um, what I mentioned related to um, like the um, uh, uh, personality change or um, kind of uh, mood change, uh, sleep problem, okay. you know, all those actually are related to um, alterations in that system. Yeah, so, um, so now um, we found actually, you know, with this early alteration, Right, um, and then you have actually the the receptor ac activation um, is a critical uh, step. Um, make the transition from a normal physiological to disease state. So that's basically our discovery. You joined UAB back in two thousand five, and that's right around the time that you got the interest in studying the brain a little bit. Right. Why did you choose UAB? to come to after being at Iowa for a few years? Um, so I um, got my PhD at University of Iowa, and then I moved to Vanderbilt, actually, did my postdoc training okay. there. So after I, um, uh, you know, trained there, you know, spent five years at Vanderbilt, and, um, you know, it's time for us to look for an independent job. My husband is you know, Kai is also a, a, a scientist. Okay. He's a, now a professor in genetics. Um, so both of us want to look for a good home for our independent career. Um, and, uh, well, UAB is a, is a great place. I mean, I think the, the biggest um, attraction here is the environment. So it's really a collaborative environment and for young scientists to grow. How long had you been studying this and looking at this when you finally realized, you know what, we're onto something? Um, we started, you know, about like a little over 10 years ago, we started this project. Um, and then um, we got some initial um, we got some, uh, like about four, like actually about six years ago, we published our first paper about uh, how this receptor activation can actually enhance the generation of those uh, amyloid um, beta, okay. so which is a culprit of Alzheimer's disease. Um, so at that time, we thought, okay, so, um, well, that's interesting, right? So if you have this receptor, super active, you can make more amyloid, and we know they're toxic. Um, but by then, um, back to six years ago, we still don't know um, 
actually um, this receptor can do more than that. Um, and then we we started to dig more because um, you know we're we, as I said you know I have a background on molecular pharmacology. We study those receptors, um, their you know their um, pharmacological properties. Um, then we noticed that if you have amyloid present, um, that will change the receptor function. So that with that we start to realize that okay so. Um, this is more interesting than what we found. For the average person, what are you looking at when you're looking at the amblyoid? So, so for so you can consider so for Alzheimer's disease, right? So amyloid, you can consider it as like a, a trigger. Okay. So you know so and then there's another protein called tau. Uh, so basically, in Alzheimer's disease patients in their brain, they have those amyloid plaques. Um, aggregates and also they have this tau um, tangles and these two are two hallmarks for okay. Alzheimer's disease so, and so the the tau protein is actually a, a interesting protein um, it got so it is you can consider that as a bullet so that's the one actually can hit the neuron and cause uh, uh, neural damage. Okay. Um, so you will have to have amyloid as to trigger the bullet to hit it on neurons. So this is generally think you know you can think about it in that way. Um, so the amyloid um, for that that's also related to um, um, the significance of our study, right? So um, people know okay, so uh, tau can be triggered by amyloid, right? Mm -hmm. Um, but we don't know how. And our study actually um, discovered this um, neurogenetic system, this, this receptor signaling is actually the critical link um, you know, between amyloid and tau. With this kind of mechanism, you don't need a lot of amyloid. Okay. So just uh, a little bit, so, so basically this mechanism increases the sensitivity of tau to amyloid by like almost hundredfold. So you just need a little bit of amyloid uh, nanomolar range to induce this whole toxicity, you know, toxic cascade actually. At what point in the process did you realize this link that you discovered may be something that could be worked on and right. help out? Right, yeah. So, um, so once we find out um, the concentration of amyloid we need, to uh, induce tau pathology, um, we realized that this concentration is so much lower than what had been published, okay. or people have been have thought. Um, and then we really, st you know, think you know we hit on something can explain a lot of you know um, mysteries in Alzheimer's. You know, one thing is you know so people know amyloid is a bad thing, right? So. Then we have a lot of trials, you know, have been targeting this amyloid. So we just remove it, and then we hopefully can solve the problem. But in people, right, human patients, um, you give them the antibodies to remove amyloid. You can really the best probably like fifty percent, maybe the the plaques. You can reduce that. You indeed can clear it up a lot. But you know, with uh, with this new discovery, this discovered mechanism, right? As long as long as you still have like one or two percent left, 
that's almost impossible to achieve actually uh, with the antibody, but still that's sufficient to induce this toxicity anyway. So that explains you know, why we have those trials failed. Also, um, as I said, those GPCRs, right? So those receptors, they are drug targets. So um, there are blockers uh, you know, against those receptors. So we tested um, a blocker, okay. um, and then we found that um, we treat those um, inhibitors to block those receptors. So we can reduce their tox the, the um, tau pathology. We can improve their cognitive function in two different models. Um, so now we are ready to do clinical trials because those drug, you know, this particular drug actually being developed and tested in human. Um, basically, it's pretty safe. Um, it didn't get to FDA approval because um, it was tested for major depression, but the efficacy there was not significant enough. Um, so I think it's, it will be very promising if we can test uh, um, this drug in 80 patients. Mm -hmm. So that's something um, we plan to do um, to collaborate with physicians um, to, to, achieve, to, you know, to pursue that. For people that aren't really familiar with the entire process, working with the NIH, getting funding, right? Are we talking, you know, a matter of months for this, or are we talking years? years? Okay, right, exactly. With ten years worth of of work already in this, right. and now you're putting that much more. At what point do you do you kind of look and say, you know what, we've done something, and we are really getting somewhere because we're still a little while away from clinical trials, right? I have to say, um, based on our current um, result or you know what we have already uh, learned, um, we're pretty confident. You know, this um, is a important mechanism for Alzheimer's, um, and um, for as I said, you know, it's it's always a long way to go, um, and the. And especially for like for drug development, particularly, you know, that takes years of testing. Mm -hmm. um, but I would say um, with this particular drug, it's actually already put us a lot ahead. Um, so although you know, so I would say probably within another, um, I would say um, three four years maybe, um, if everything works out, and we might get some you know initial human results. Um, that I think will be very exciting, um, and at the same time, we are um, actually also doing more of the um, screening to look for more inhibitors, uh, especially the selective ones, um, because this drug um, can have you know side effects. We, we, we expect to have more um, you know improved uh, therapeutic efficacy, but limited um, side effects. Hopefully, um, that's uh, also um, something we're. We're, we're currently um, trying to do, yeah. Along the way, what was maybe the biggest challenge that you faced over the last 10 years in finding this breakthrough? Um, well, you know, doing science is always um, um, challenges, right? Um, and um, I find um, a lot of things very important um, to get to, um, you know, any progress. Um, you have to have, of course, um, funding support, <laughs> yep. right? Um, and you have to have um, dedicated people, um, which, you know, I really appreciate, you know. Um, 
and you know you have to have great collaborators as well. Um, so those are all um, I would say um, um, you know um, necessary. I have to say, yeah. So um, and it's always hard to really find out um, you know um, to make a scientific discovery. You know, so <laughs> a lot of frustrations, but. Um, that's what we do, I guess. <laughs> when you made this discovery, did you have a chance to sit back and, and celebrate a little bit, or was it work as usual and back at figuring this out and fine-tuning um, it? So it's actually, to us, um, you know, it's just uh, something um, we do, you know, uh, routinely. <laughs> um, it's... Um, great you know uh, we made a big discovery and you know get you know people in the field um excited um but um at the same time um that's a routine as well so um you still come to work come to the lab and do you know what we do <laughs> regularly and and hope to you know move the um study further how close do you think we are to finding a breakthrough that kind of wipes out Alzheimer's? Um, well, you know, the NIH has this goal to cure Alzheimer's by 2025. <laughs> um, there are so many researchers um, are working in this Alzheimer's field, and they have, the NIH have this, um, you know, great mechanism to attract newcomers to join the field. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm pretty optimistic. <laughs> and some great breakthrough will, you know, will, will happen. Where will Shenmong be 15, 20 years down the road? Oh, um, I, um, I just, uh, Hope you know we can further expand our research program, um, make more important discoveries, um, and um, yeah. So uh, it's hard to seems hard to <laughs> to see um, through like 15 years later. Um, but um, but I would say. Um, with all the support, um, with you know, um, I, I'm also recruiting new people in the lab and uh, spending the lab. Um, uh, yeah, I'm pretty optimistic for our next 15 years. What will people say about Alzheimer's disease in 15 years? I hope we have a cure. <laughs> I hope at that time um, we can have drugs to uh, or ways, um, you know not maybe not one or single drug, maybe a cocktail or something to support people, you know, to like have some kind of prevention ways, you know, so at a certain age we know or we have a better screen, you know, uh, method and then we can tell people who are at the risk, higher risk, and then we can give them some kind of um, cocktail to prevent the disease because the whole society is aging. Um, I think that's important, you know, we can, if we can, you know, interfere early so people can have their um, normal cognitive function <laughs> for a long age and then um, 
can can even live a better life. <laughs> Dr. Wong will continue trying to put the pieces of the Alzheimer's puzzle in place. She joined UAB as an assistant professor in 2005. Dr. Wong's primary appointment is as professor in the Department of Cell, Developmental, and Integrative Biology Department, where she also works with the Alzheimer Disease Center, Comprehensive Diabetes Center, and Center for Biophysical Science and Engineering. Having been part of the UAB community for a decade and a half, Shin has her own unique perspective of what it means to be a blazer. It's a, it's, it's a collaborative way. Yeah, so I see a lot of um, collaboration and people support each other. I think that's, that's important. Stay on top of all of our podcasts by subscribing to UAB Green and Told wherever you listen or visit us at alumni.uab.edu slash greenandtold. Have an idea for a future episode? We'd love to hear from you. Email me at greenandtold at uab.edu. And don't forget to follow us on social media. We can be found at UAB Alumni on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks for listening. And until next time, go Blazers. <laughs>